Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it. Just put your trust in Him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Get Happy with Jay podcast. I'm super excited about the topic we're going to be discussing today, money. (laughs) I've been wanting to discuss financial empowerment for quite a while on the podcast, and I'm so fortunate to have such an incredible guest today. Before we meet her, you might ask, what does money have to do with being happy? We all know the old adage that says money can't buy you happiness, which is true. However, financial problems are the leading cause of divorce in America. That's right. Not even infidelity, it's money woes. Sadly, it's also been said to be a contributing factor to many deaths by suicide. And quite frankly, being broke just plain sucks. It can limit your potential in so many ways. Our guest today could definitely give us some guidance. I am pleased to introduce to you Julia Carlson, the founder and CEO of Financial Freedom Wealth Management Group, LLC. Julia's passion is helping people win with money. As an award-winning wealth advisor, Julia desires to bring her experience to help empower women to become financially confident. She hopes to show women that they can pursue their dreams, even while being a mom. In 2018, Julia was named by Forbes as one of the best in-state wealth advisors in Oregon, as well as Forbes' top women wealth advisors. In addition to her wonderful work and awards, she's also a wife and mother and author of the book, Fit Money, Seven Steps to Get Your Financial Life in Shape. She's even a columnist for a local newspaper. Welcome to Get Happy, Julia. Wow, what an introduction. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Well, I am just like blown away by uh, reading everything on your website. I got even more excited. So let's, with you, kind of start from the beginning. What uh, made you have an interest and when did you start having an interest in anything dealing with finance? Yes, well, that is definitely part of my journey. And I, I have to say I'm very blessed. My my grandpa actually talked about stocks when I was a kid, and he was a math teacher and, and a farmer and into economics. And I remember as a, as a child going to visit them, and he would have the news on, and, you know, the tickers would go, the financial news channel, right, and the tickers would go. Mm-hmm. I would be like, what is this all about? And then so as I got older, he would talk about, uh, stocks and it was just always always open right my parents talked about money they it was a very healthy conversations that happened around money so it was never this topic that we didn't talk about and what I've discovered after working with uh, individuals and families for 20 years now as an advisor is people have a lot of crazy things around money right it's kind of taboo and what I've discovered is that really holds people back from mm-hmm. really getting ahead with their finances. I think even sometimes within marriages, 
because it's amazing. I work in social work and it's amazing to me when I meet so many women that have no clue what's going on with their finances. Like maybe the spouse or the partner like kind of controls and runs the money. And that always kind of makes me cringe because of course anything can happen. And then what do you do? Exactly. Exactly. And I actually devote a whole chapter in my book about this um, around relationships and money. And because you're exactly right. It's we give money this power to destroy relationships. Like you said, to it's one of the number one reasons of divorce. And it's because we give the power to the money as opposed to, you know, coming back in, and into the relationship and realizing money's a tool, right? It's not good right. or bad. Mm-hmm. We give it, we give it the meaning. And so if you don't have that healthy place to, um, to learn and, and uh, be able to communicate around money, it's, it's really hard. So that's, I have a whole framework for couples. There's actually an agenda <laughs> to a financial date to help couples talk about money together. And I think that that is something that even when you're going into a relationship and you think it's going to potentially be serious, I think you really need to kind of know where each other stands on finance. Like you need to know if the person that you're going to date, you know, is their credit horrible? Can they not handle finances? I think that's all very important. Absolutely. Yes. So talk a little bit more about getting into this this field of finance, because from the outside, it still seems to be kind of male dominated. Is it still? And if so, was it kind of harder for you to climb up the ladder, so to speak, because you really did start from the beginning and really work your way up. So you've had this incredible journey. Yeah, it is still male dominated industry. Uh, When I go to industry conferences, I always joke, there's never a line in the bathroom on the breaks. <laughs> there's, you know, you look out and then there is a sea of 50-something males. Mm-hmm. And it is a wonderful industry for women. I think that because we are more communicative and um, our, our natural um, empathy, I, and I think I, the way that we build relationships, I, it's, it's all been, I think, the natural characteristics of of women make us great advisors. So it is a, it's been an awesome industry. But how, yeah, how I got started, I was, uh, I got married at 19. I, I moved from the greater Seattle area to a small town and thought, okay, here I am. What am I going to do? <laughs> so I went to work for a local bank mm-hmm. and in the local bank, they had an investment department. And so uh, the, the advisor would come to our, our branch one day a week, and I just remember following him around and asking all sorts of questions, and his assistant uh, was going to go on maternity leave, and so I kind of raised my hand, hand and said, hey, I want to do that, and so that was the beginning, and, so, and the bank put me through getting my licenses and getting, um, you know, kind of getting me trained, and so I was there about four years, and then at the age of 23, what I discovered was in this small community, there was one advisor for, you know, all five branches on, mm-hmm. on the coast in Oregon where we live. So for me to be able to become an advisor, I was going to have to wait until that person was going to retire, and that was not going to be anytime soon. So at that point, I, was, I found an opportunity, kind of recruited into an opportunity where 
I could start my own business, have my own office on the coast, and um, start my own business. And so that's what I did at, when I was 23. At 23? That is incredible. <laughs> Good for you. I was the marketing department, the advisor department. I was all departments. Mm-hmm. But over the years, little by little, I, I you know, started growing and then hiring. And today we have 11 employees and we have five offices all over Oregon and Southwest Washington. That's incredible. When you're meeting with people for the first time, how financially literate are people generally when they come to see you? Are the, you know? I, I know that it's going to be a range and it's going to vary from person to person. But in general, do you feel that overall people just are kind of financially illiterate? Yeah, I would say they. I would say generally speaking, uh, yes. What I find is when they come to see me, it's it's after they have uh, already accumulated uh, most in their retirement plans at work, right? And they've, they've saved their whole life mm-hmm. and now they're getting ready to retire and they've, they're trying to figure out, okay, how does someone successfully retire? So that, that's a lot of, of what we do in the retirement planning space. Mm-hmm. My passion, on the other hand, and why I wrote my book is for the masses that feel like they don't want to go to advisor because they're ashamed, because they don't know how to start that relationship, because Mm -hmm. they feel like they don't have enough money to get going. And so the idea that I wanted to inspire people is to to do reach out and do get your um, financial life in shape. And one of the greatest assets that we have is time when we're mm-hmm. when we're working with our money and investing and building for our financial future. And you need that time. And and the best way to get that is by starting early. And so in that, that the, space, yeah. mm-hmm. that's where I see just a lack of education. My next question was going to be, how soon should we start? And is there ever a time that it's too late? I would say when to start now. <laughs> so <laughs> wherever, at whatever stage, it's never too early or too late to start. That would be my message. And how do you um, get people to not be so intimidated? Because especially someone that's like starting off and, and the person that possibly thinks that, oh, wow, I don't even have enough to do anything with. How do you get them over that hump to just to go for it anyway? Mm-hmm. I think that the I think my industry does a very good job of putting a lot of lingo and complications and and these barriers right around Mm -hmm. the knowledge. But I think it starts with this desire and determination to say, you know, I I want to do this. I want to build a strong financial future. And that's that's the first step is having that desire to do it. And then it comes down to starting to get educated, right? And, Mm -hmm. And learning about it can be complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. So that was my hope around the book is just getting you started to thinking about this from a very simple way. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the concept of the book. And anytime that you say, you know, certain steps to whatever, I think that automatically puts a person at ease like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> it's a step by step process. Exactly. And I think the the 
I, I go into our local high school and I teach uh, personal finance. Mm-hmm. But I think, oh man, what I'm teaching to these high schoolers is exactly what I'm teaching to a 30-something, 40-something that, has, that hasn't figured out um, the, the steps to take to get their financial life. You know, everyone needs to have this education so early in life. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just a matter of becoming very intentional, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's, mm-hmm. very, that's really the first step is when you have that desire, then you create a plan around that and you create those intentions and that plan. And then you pretty much you set it up on autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in reading some of your um, info, I was really attracted to the fact that fitness is a big part of your life. And to me, that's something that I'm just now getting into and, and uh, having lost a considerable amount of weight and still in that process. And I am finding that that kind of mind body connection yeah. in that when either of those things are kind of out of balance, like everything falls apart, like when your yes. health, when your health is shot, everything else is going to kind of be shot and you kind of have to put yourself back together in so many ways. And when you start to do that and work on yourself, it becomes so much easier to clear up and improve other areas of your life. So I, I like the idea of that, that mind body balance. Absolutely. Yes. That's, and that's exactly what I discovered after I was, I had three, I have three children. And after my uh, last one, I, my, you know, my business was going, I was a busy mom and I'm, and my health had kind of taken a back seat. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh boy, okay, I need to, I need to lose this baby weight and to get back in shape. So as a big goal setter, what do I do? I decide to enter into a figure bodybuilding competition. <laughs> <laughs> so you just went for it. <laughs> I went for it. I hired a coach. He developed a plan. I had to follow the plan. But really, that transformation that happened in the in I I I competed for about five years, and what I discovered was the same things I needed to do to keep my body in shape were the same skills that someone needs to do to get their financial life in shape. And Mm -hmm. so that is where the concept of fit money was born. And it was the story of relating exactly what you said, the, the, what we have to do with our keeping our, our physical body in shape is the same in our, in our financial life. So that was, it's just, really empowering when you get one aspect, like once you're feeling good about yourself and you're Mm -hmm. eating right and you're moving your body, it doesn't have to be extreme, right? Yeah. But that that success Mm -hmm. shows up in all the different aspects of your life. Like when I was competing, I thought, oh man, my business is going to, you know, go down. I'm not going to do as well. But what happened was my business doubled in one year, the same year that I competed at the Arnold uh, Fitness Competition in Ohio. So it was like, wow, how did this happen? But I think it's just that real discipline, living life on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And so in that discipline, there was freedom. And then in that, because I was on track, I was hitting my goals, there was like all this contentment and happiness. So. And confidence, I'm sure that was gained through that. Yes. And one big thing with you is that you really want to help women to become financially empowered. And why is that important to you? Well, I think it goes back to early on uh, in, in my relationship. I, 
there was a decision that I had to make, and I felt like I was almost forced into a decision because at that point I didn't have my business and I didn't have independence and I was dependent. And so even though that was my life's journey and it's led me to where I am now, right, it was a really hard situation in the moment. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I, I probably made that decision because I, I wasn't empowered. But what drove me to probably reaching the level of success I have had was because I had to make a decision that, okay, I will be independent. I am not going to be dependent uh, on someone else, right, in, mm-hmm. in my future. So that was really the driving force in my discipline and determination, but it, it came out of a situation that made me feel like I wasn't empowered. Excellent. You are somehow able to make this whole process fun as well as educational. And I don't know, when I think of things finance, I don't necessarily equate that to fun. So how do you make it fun? (laughs) I I do make it fun because, I mean, to me, that's really how I do feel about it. And I, I like to... I like to be playful even with my uh, clients in my office. And I think when we add a level of enjoyment or fun to it, it makes it easier. So I think that it comes, I, I think going back to the desire, so thinking about what I try to do is get people to think about what does financial freedom mean to them. Mm-hmm. And so it's not this daunting task of, getting out of debt or saving money or going on a budget. Like people, when they hear the word budget, they freak out. (laughs) I don't want to be on a budget because there's all these, you know, mind and thoughts of our baggage of what we've grown up with around thinking of like money. You're depriving yourself in some way when you say budget. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I actually call the budget, the set money and navigator. And the reason is, What I like to get people to think about is, no, you are the navigator. You are in control of your resources, right? You get to tell your money where to go every month, as opposed to getting to the end of the month and looking back and your money tell you where it went. (laughs) Exactly. So So I think it's about creating a different framework around how we, we can be in control of it. And it doesn't mean that we're not including our partners, right? So it means that hopefully together, both partners are very involved. Usually in a a marriage or relationship, one partner is going to be more uh, naturally inclined to manage the money and pay the bills. But it doesn't mean that the other partner is disengaged. Right. So that's kind of the key. What What I have found is... You, you have to create this healthy framework to come together and be able to talk about what's happening with the money every month. And we call that a financial date. And I always joke, you can light the candles, have some fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try that with my husband because never when I uh, sit down with him to talk about the monthly B word, the budget or whatever, he has a tendency to like kind of zone out. And it's so funny. You can just kind of see his eyes just glaze over and I lose him easily. (laughs) Yes. And that, 
That is uh, not the first time I've heard that. Yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> yeah, I did. I probably did our budget for my husband and I. Actually, when we got married, his sister lived with him, and she was paying all. You know, she was writing out his checks uh, and taking care of his money <laughs> every month. And then I moved. I was when we got married. I took it over. So essentially. You know, he's, he hasn't really done his own finances for probably 25 years. Mm-hmm. And the first 10 years of our marriage, we really struggled. And, and really what it was is I thought he didn't care. So he just kind of left it to me to then where I, okay, I'm going to go shopping. And I would hide my shopping. And mm-hmm. we were, we would use credit cards. And so it was just like this, almost a little like secretive, like I was, because I wasn't, he was not holding me accountable. Mm -hmm. And so when we started getting, like, when I was able to sit down and say, look, honey, I need you to hold me accountable so we can make progress. And by that now, we've been able to make so much progress because his, my rule for him is he has to come and sit with me and I have to show him the in the budget or the, what I call the fit money navigator each month. Mm-hmm. So each month he knows what's going on, right? He knows where all our, our money is going to, and he's open to that little bit of engagement, even though he doesn't have to do any, any of the work, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that he's engaged and he's, and I have to be accountable to show him where everything's going. He's gotten way more engaged over time because he's seen the progress we've been able to make, which is really cool. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing partnership. And I'm glad that you're able to help other people do the same. Mm -hmm. So I know we're definitely going to have to get your book. (laughs) For (laughs) sure. So um, one question that I do have, and I find this a lot with people, because a lot of people are in this boat of kind of living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. Would you say that it is possible, even when you're in that situation, which is kind of precarious because when you're living paycheck to paycheck, something could happen, an injury, you can't work anymore, you get laid off and, and, and boom, your world can be flipped upside down. But even in that, would you say that a person can still... Um, do incredible things, even with limited means? And how do you work with someone like that or encourage okay, someone? Yeah, I, I, I believe we can, no matter if you're making you know, $1,000 a month or $10,000 a month. You know, I, I like to say we live paycheck to paycheck because we are, we are sending all of our money somewhere each month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But right. I think for that person that is feeling overwhelmed or living paycheck to paycheck in the sense that they don't have savings and they maybe have consumer debt. If you keep your head in the sand and you don't know all of your numbers, then you will never make progress. Mm -hmm. It's like um, going on a diet and, you know, still eating the Oreos and, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, it's like not being mindful of wanting to make the changes, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a good example in the dieting <laughs> world. So it's not a, not as much as how much money you make, but it's how you manage that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage the simple act of someone that is feeling overwhelmed or is living paycheck to paycheck, the, the starting point is 
actually tracking what's happening. And so what that involves is it could be just a, um, a piece of paper, right? And just saying, okay, what's coming in is this dollar amount. And what's going out is all these different um, amounts. So each month, even though you may have bills of $1,200 and you have $1,000 coming in, it's like you're aware that of where that money is going. I think it's then, really important to look at that because when I first started doing that a number of years ago when I was thinking about our financial future and I did something as simple as like looking at my bank statement and seeing how I was using my money day to day. And even though, especially at that time, our finances were so incredibly limited, but even in looking at that, I was able to see how much money we were literally wasting. And it was Mm -hmm. such an eye opener. Like for example, um, eating out. I didn't even realize how much money we were spending eating out. I was just uh, kind of embarrassed and (laughs) mortified (laughs) that we were spending like hundreds of dollars eating out and I'm like oh my goodness what could we have done with that money that was just going out the door and definitely not making us any healthier either financially or physically yeah um, groceries dining out uh, coffee shops like those are all big areas in the budget where people are just when they actually track things are blown away at how much money they can save in those areas. Absolutely. So really you can't, you do have more money, I think, than you're aware of when you really break it down and look at the unnecessary things that you're doing with finances, even if it's limited. Absolutely. Yeah. I always like to do the challenge of how much groceries we probably have in our house Mm -hmm. and so groceries is one of our, our, our grocery bills for like for, for our household, because we have seven people in our house, is usually 1000 to $1,500 a month. Yeah, yeah. And we have, but we also have a pantry full of, you know, groceries that we've bought and that we haven't used. And so one challenge I do is saying, okay, what if we just got fresh produce for the next month and you use up everything that's in your pantry, like go on this Mm -hmm. challenge, like make it a game, right? With yourself to say, I'm only going to buy fresh produce, the things I absolutely need. And then we're going to make everything from the pantry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's probably, you could probably save a couple hundred dollars just by doing that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I can see that. And, And as you're saying that, I'm picturing my pantry at home with lines and rows of like canned <laughs> goods and stuff, most of which can probably be pitched. <laughs> yes. So yeah, yeah, it's a little simple things like that. Talk now while we have just a couple minutes left about the process someone should take in trying to find someone like you, a financial planner. Who, like, what would we look for? Because it just seems like you want to be able to trust this person because you're entrusting them with your finances. And so what are some tips and tricks in order to be able to find someone that you're going to be comfortable working with? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I would say, I would say number one, you want to, if, are you ready? Are you ready for um, the, a relationship with a financial advisor? So that is, and I would say the other side of this is there are people out there that if you're just getting started, 
it's just more of financial coaching. Maybe you don't need a, an advisor, but you just need a coach to kind of help you get you, get you started and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you're purely like just getting started, like it starts with education. So this is where either um, I'm going to offer any of your listeners or anyone that's listening a free copy of my ebook, Fit Money. And just by going through that, that will get you started. And then depending on where you're at in your financial journey, you could just possibly need a coach that's going to help you, coach you through going through some of your steps and keep you accountable, keep you on track. Or you could need an advisor where, uh, where you have money that you want to save and invest in working with a professional uh, to do that. And I would say the tips there would be interview. You know, you want to talk to advisors in your area. I do a lot of advising actually virtually now. We use like Zoom mm-hmm. and uh, we can help clients all over with, you know, that video uh, conferencing relationship, which has been, you know, with with the technology of today, that's possible. But I would say the number one thing is you want to make sure that the advisor, the person that you're talking to, they are using language that you understand. Mm -hmm. The things that they're talking to you about, you should be able to tell your mom about it or tell your best friend about it. You should be able to explain it to them before you do anything. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times in our industry, it's like we, we keep it complicated almost. And I think it's because that way people will think, hey, I can't understand this. So I have to, I have to you know, have this person take care of it for me. Mm-hmm. Where it should be able to be broken down where you understand what you're doing. You're understanding your investment. You're understanding the costs involved and, and all those aspects. So you want to make sure that your advisor is working with you in a, in a relationship that is more like a teacher, right? Like mm-hmm. they're willing to invest the time to teach you and empower you about the decisions you have to make around your financial life. Well, that's great advice. Thank you for sharing with us, Julia. And you mentioned that our listeners can have an opportunity to get a, uh, a free e-copy of your book. Can you tell us how to do that? Yes. So if you go to a couple different ways, but if you go to financialfreedomwmg.com slash fitmoney, that will take you a page where you can click on a link that uh, you can download a copy of my ebook. Awesome. I'm also all over social media on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Those are the three platforms uh, I'm on. And so if you reached out through any of those and say, hey, I heard your podcast with Get Happy with Jay, and I'd like that free ebook, I'd be happy to email it to you through those channels as well. Awesome. And we can find you on all three of those social media sites, just as your name, Julia Carson, or how are you listed on there? What's your, what do they call it? Yeah, so at, uh, on Twitter, I'm actually at FitMoneyDR. Okay. On Facebook, we are uh, Julia Carlson, as well as Financial Freedom Wealth Management Group, either of those. Okay. And LinkedIn is under my name. 
All right. And I will put links to all of that information in the description of the podcast. You guys will be able to go right to it. Right. Thank you so much, Julia, for sharing some of your incredible knowledge with us. I think I feel a little bit more confident now and moving forward. I'll be sure once again to put the direct links to your website and how to get to your ebook on the podcast info and um, also a link to your financial wealth management group website as well. Money can be such a sensitive issue to deal with and the cause of much stress, but it doesn't have to be with the help of a trusted financial professional such as Julia. Money can't buy. I agree. Thank you. (laughs) And I'm so glad that you mentioned that you are able to help people all across the country. So that's one thing I was going to ask you is can our our listeners have some availability and, and, and access to you? So it's great to know that thanks to technology, you can help anyone across the country. So that's awesome. Money can Yeah, and I would say if you just want to be inspired and, and, and keep it going right, you're doing great up by yourself, then tune in to my Facebook Julia Carlson page because on that page, I go live usually at least once a week and it's all financial tips and inspiration to keep it going. As uh, we stated earlier, money can't buy you happiness, but it can give you the ease of mind of having freedom from the worries that can come with not having enough of it. Tired of barely getting by and feeling like a little hamster on a wheel, never getting anywhere, but working yourself to death. You have the power to change that no matter where you're starting from. Did this episode help you guys in any way? I would love to hear from you, and I'm sure Julia would as well. You can send me a comment on the Get Happy with Jay website. You can also comment and like the Facebook page, of course, by the same name. Also, share the podcast and help us grow this happy movement. Until next time, do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish, it's self-care, and taking care of your finances is a big part of it. And thanks again to Julia for being with us. Do you have any parting words for our listeners, Julia? No, that just it's so important to get your financial life in shape. And I think exactly what you just said, it's this concept of financial freedom, which which is just this feeling that you're being proactive with your financial future. Well, thank you. Until next time, you guys, take care. 